We are officially in the dog days of summer. The most boring month in the hockey world, August. Welcome, everybody, to the Trap Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Botch. It is Wednesday, August 2nd at 7.30 p.m. And we have the pickle in the house, my father, Bill Sr., What's going on, brother? How are we doing? Hey, Bill. How are you doing? Good. Everything's good here. Good. Glad to hear that. Play a little golf today? I did. I did. 120 bucks. I'm happy. Where'd you play at? Deal? Yeah, I played deal. Nice. How'd you hit him? Pretty good. Like I said, I shot an 85. I was happy with that. It's good for me. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would assume that uh, a bunch of the, the players are playing some golf and getting some swings in now, being that, um, you know, this is the real off season. We're a month away from camp starting, and uh, I figured we could touch on some things and do a little Eastern Conference preview uh, prior to something to hold us over for, these next, for this next month or so. So, um. First, I'm going to give you the opportunity to, is there anything that you want to take back from the last episode? Oh, here we go. Seamus Casey, maybe? <laughs> is you that take, what you're You want at? to take back the sheet? The bold prediction, the bold predictions were very bold, which I appreciate. They were um, bold. They were bold. I'm not taking back Luke Hughes. No way. I am like 100% all in Luke Hughes. Okay. Um, you know, speaking of Seamus Casey, you know, the, there was a report that um, Michigan told him to come in and be prepared to play any position. There's obviously, there's no place for him on this Devils roster. So he plays the right side between, you have Hamilton, um, Marino, and then you're going to have Miller, but you also, you're going to have Nemitz, obviously. So it's like, there's really nowhere for him to play. And there's been a lot of talk about him possibly moving to forward at, at some point. And they played him at forward at Michigan last year, and he ended up he, – he played amazing. He had a couple goals and an assist in the one game that he did play. And I think, like, we know that a lot of the college – the college programs are meant, especially for people that are going to move on to the NHL, to prepare them for their professional career – and uh, I would not be surprised if the Devils let Michigan know that, hey, listen, there's a chance that we might, this kid might only have a chance to play for this team if he does trans, you know, if, if he ends up turning into a forward. Do you think that that is a possibility? I never heard of that. I, I never heard of it, but it, you know, if they could do that, it's like you take the most talented guys and, you know, put them on the ice and, I guess that's how you win. That's that's very surprising. It's not like, you know, his game is speed and his game is like vision right. and offense. So it's not like he's this like hulking defenseman who is known for his gap control and his physical play and stuff. So he would be the prime kind of candidate. It would be like Brent Burns played. Brent Burns was a forward for a little while too really? in the NHL. Yeah. And it's like, you know, Eric Carlson won the Norris Trophy last year 
he was horrific defensively. You wonder what he would have been like if they would have just had him play forward because that's like, you know, he had over 100 points. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm just saying he does not play good defense at all. Right. Um, and that's been a whole other debate whether or not they should have the best defensive defenseman award and then the best offensive defenseman award because if you look at his plus minus, Eric Carlson, he was a disaster. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that that could be an option. The only other place, the only other way that I see the Devils using Casey, and he is like a really hot commodity. I mean, everybody wants a right-handed defenseman. Um, so the opportunity I see for him would be if the Devils wanted to use him as a trade chip as well, because he's not going to outplay Marino. Uh, and, I, and I think Marino... Ha- Obviously, we know how good he is, but he allows Hughes on the other side to roam. And then uh, I don't think he's going to play over Nemitz, and he's definitely not going to play over Dougie. So it's like there's really no no spot for him. So I'm curious to see if when Michigan season starts, if they end up maybe seeing how versatile he is and seeing if there is an opportunity for him to play uh, as a forward could you imagine two years ago saying that we could, you know, we have the opportunity to trade away great defensemen or players that could be great defensemen? I mean, our defense was so bad. We had nobody before Dougie. Um, and now we actually have these guys that, you know, that are potential, you know, big time trading chips or they could step in and you know, it's, you never know people get hurt. So it's, it's really good to have a couple extra bullets in the gun. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I'll always have so much respect and so much love for Dougie Hamilton was he was the first person that really took the, the leap of faith to join this team Absolutely. when it didn't have anything going for it. And I understand we paid him a lot of money, but uh, there would have been a lot of other teams that could have, that, you know, successful organizations that might've had, you know, that, that would have paid him the same kind of cash. So uh, I really, I'll always have a soft spot for Dougie Hamilton based upon him kind of being the first guy that really committed to this team who came from the outside. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't like he was moving, you know, closer to home or anything like that. Right. Um, so one of the things that's kind of funny is like I've been listening to some of the other devils podcasts and it's like, maybe it's like something in the water here or what, but there are so many different character, you know, kinds of characters that come with each podcast. So I was listening to, have you listened to the uncle puckers podcast yet? I have. Those guys are from uh, Tom's river. Aren't yeah. They? They're from Tom's river. Yeah. So I, I hit them up and I was like, Oh man, are you guys from Tom's river? And they're like, yeah, they're talking about Sandy, but they like, they talk, they're funny. Like, and you could tell they're, they're probably in their forties or, you know, they're somewhat towards around my age to where they, they know all the nineties devils. They got to right, watch all the right. glory years and stuff like that. Cause a lot of these podcasts are like younger kids who are in their probably like mid twenties. Exactly. Yeah. So I started listening to those guys and they're pretty funny. Like they, they were just the random stuff that you hear on some of these devils podcasts are, is, is like, it's good. It's like, it shows the character of, and of each of, you know, each podcast has a little bit of a different, 
it comes with different character towards it. I feel like right. You're you're listening to it for entertainment. So you know, yeah, and, and to like, listen to boring people. Yeah, and they're and they're like they're pretty funny. They were talking about how down in Florida, there was like a manatee that was this like famous manatee that like raped another one and and killed it. It was the it was the manatee's brother who actually raped him and killed him. <laughs> I'm serious. And, and like, it was like, and I'm like listening to it. And I'm thinking to myself, what the hell am I listening to? What is going on right now? But it was entertaining. And I, and I actually learned a little something from it. And I was like, well, you learned, you learned how the injustice for manatee rape is in I, I America. Like, wow. I'm like, that's crazy. And then, and then, uh, I was listening to this other one today and, and the kid was talking about how he went and saw the Barbie movie. And I'm like, the Barbie movie. <laughs> and you're listening to that podcast. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, what? I'm like, what is going on? Like, I, I don't know. When I was 20-something years old or 30-something years old, like. I would tune that right out. <laughs> the thought of going to the Barbie, the thought of going to the Barbie, Barbie movie would be crazy. So, um, and don't get me wrong. I love Margot Robbie. but Maybe if she was naked. <laughs> but that's like, that's like pretty crazy. So I looked it up. That movie made seven hundred and fifty million dollars so far. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. That is crazy. It's nuts. Um, and then the Brat Pack has—he's uh, part of a new podcast that came out, and I actually ran into him in Asbury Park randomly. Um, he was seeing—I uh, guess him and his buddies were out. A couple of his buddies were at the Bouncing Soul show at the Summer Stage at the Pony, and uh, I was across the street with a, a couple friends seeing um, our buddy Vin, uh, Vin Brew and the Long Branch Davidians were playing over there. And I run, I run into the, the Brat Pack over there. And uh, it's like, it's funny when like worlds collide, you know what I mean? Like seeing these people right. outside of- They're not out people, in front of Reds. Yeah, seeing these people outside of the rock. And then there's the, the other guy, his name's Jersey Joe. And he he's like local and he lives around here too. And he says like the funniest shit he, I like posted on, I'm going to call it Twitter. I'm not calling it X, but I posted on Twitter, uh, like that we were going to be report recording a new podcast today. And he said, and I said that the pickle was going to be on. And this was his response. Make sure you deal well with your dad, the big pickle <laughs> <laughs> with your dad, the big pickle ball. He is a puckhead. I love hockey and pickleball and would love to meet your old man. And I was just like, this, this is like this whole, this whole devil's podcast community is the biggest group of misfits ever, including ourselves, obviously. It's awesome. It's awesome. But it's so though. fun. It's yeah, it is. It's really cool just to see everybody's got their own thing going on, but everybody has the, the love for the team as, as a, you know, as a base to build, to build around. So it's just been it's been interesting to see all the different, all the different personalities that come out when you put a microphone in front of a group of, of people there who don't do this professionally. <laughs> and it's like the weird shit that comes out of people's mouths is so funny. Um, so basically there hasn't been much that has happened besides the signing of Kevin Ball. So the devil signed Kevin Ball to a two year deal at basically a million dollars per year. And I think it was a smart deal because what's going to happen is, Ball is going to take over a lot of the the defensive responsibility that a guy like Graves had, especially when I think the penalty kill 
Ball's going to spend a lot of time on the penalty kill. And when really? you spend that much time, no? No. I, you know what? It's I picture, I picture like Marino being like number one penalty and who else? killer. And Siegenthal. No? Siegenthal. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're you're gonna be, you're gonna need more than two defensemen to play on the penalty. Absolutely, kill. absolutely. So I think that Kevin Ball is like primed to be a penalty killer, a big, rangy, physical, clear the front of the net, block shots. Uh, he seems poised to like. I'm pretty sure that that he's gonna pick up a lot of that slack that you lose from Severson and Graves. Graves played a lot of time. Took he a, did. He did. He he was good on the penalty kill. And what that's going to do is it's just going to like drive his value up. So instead of letting him get all those reps and get all that ice time and block all those shots and, and have those numbers to grade him for, for his next contract, they signed him to a two-year deal at $1 million per year. And I think it basically saves the devil some money for the next contract. Now, one of the things that you were worried about was go ahead tell him, <laughs> Tell him what no, I was, I, you know, and I, I'm still, you know, I want, I want him to grow as a player and I want him to be good. I just, I'm constantly looking forward at cap. And I think that his next contract is going to be similar to like Graves or, you know, hopefully Severson, but. He's not you gonna know, get hopefully he becomes more. no hopefully he he does become you know that good but he's gonna be 24 24 years old in his third contract you gotta kind of believe that the guy's gonna warrant four or five million bucks and I just want to make sure that we have enough cap space because we got a lot of superstars that we're gonna be signing up for a long time we got Luke Hughes that you know gonna need a contract uh, probably a big contract they're probably going to try and do the same thing as they did with Jack with him. I would think that they would try and save some money. His, you know, Hughes's Jack Hughes contracts, the best contract in the NHL. So they say, and you, you have, you know, Simone Nemitz that he's, he's a number one draft pick for us. I think that he's going to be, he's going to, you know, he's going to need some money too. So. Yeah, but, but like you, you can't wish, that your players don't turn out to be good because you're scared to pay. I them. don't. I don't. So like, I don't. Good general managers circumnavigate the cap, and you have to remember the cap is going to go up significantly after not going up for the previous couple of seasons because of the pandemic. So, you know, one of the things that when you sign, the Devils have done something that kind of like the San Jose Sharks did, where they've signed their core to very long contracts, and what that does is. It, it it's like it's a double-edged sword if it doesn't work you're very you're screwed you're sp- yeah but if it does work and the devils have signed very productive core pieces that have proven themselves time and time again where it's not like we're you know if anything the jack hughes contract when we signed it was the riskiest contract of them all because by at the far, time he had proved anything 50 points so yeah. when when you have all these contracts that are favorable you want your players. If you have to sign a guy who is going to play 18, 17 minutes a night and he's going to play the penalty kill and he's going to be physical, and if you have to pay him $4 million and he's a homegrown guy, then so be it. I mean, that's a good thing. The cap is going to go up and you're only going to have more room. You're going to have to sign Dawson Mercer too. There's a lot of people. 
but these are all these are all problems that good teams have and they're able to figure it out it's like you look at tampa bay they have victor hedman they have vasilevsky they have stamkos they have point they have kucherov i mean they have sergachev an unlimited amount of good players who get paid legit money i mean they have a goalie that that gets paid 10 million dollars that's one thing so it's like you have you have unlimited players you can you know if the devils had to ship Pilat out down the road if the devils had to ship you know they're not going to move their core pieces they they already have valuable they're very valuable and very uh team friendly deals like i wouldn't worry about Kevin Ball's next deal, especially because he's going to be playing as a fifth or a sixth defenseman. So like how much, how much, you know, how much are you going to be able to diagnose his game and how much could he really be worth if he's playing six defenseman minutes? Right. If you're playing six defenseman minutes for the devils, because we kind of are stacked he could be he could be you know first or second on another team uh, maybe not you know no, first pairing first. second he could be a second pairing on on a lot of other teams he could have been a second pairing on our team three years ago well we'll see um so you know at five on five last year he was a plus four and when he was on the ice he had a 58 percent expected goals uh share which was which is really good i mean he played most of his minutes on the the third pairing with Severson, who Severson was obviously probably the best third pairing right-handed defenseman in the NHL. Um, But he also played alongside Dougie Hamilton for a handful of games. And it was good to see him. He didn't look overwhelmed in the, in the role. And he looks like somebody that if you could even pay him $4 million, let's say on his next contract, if he really looked that good and he was able to roam around and play with different guys on the right-hand side between Nemitz and Hamilton, or play on the third pairing. I mean, it, it doesn't it doesn't seem so bad. So, um, I, I like the I like the I think it's another very good deal by Fitzgerald, and uh, it's good to have Kevin Ball locked up and, and coming back to the team. Um, you got to give Fitzy a lot of credit for he got everybody signed. He got everybody signed. Plus, he was able to bring in more talent. Yeah, he's, you know, he's done a great job. Yeah, he he's had an amazing offseason. Obviously, I would I would definitely give him a, a very high grade as far as the what he's done to put this team together. One of the things like I, I that we continue to talk about is do you believe in Alex Holtz? That is that's that's such a big question. He hasn't done anything to make you believe in him yet. But you know, do you believe in him? Do you think that? All right, here. How about this? How many games do you think Alex Holtz will play this year? I'm hoping he plays them all. I'm I'm hoping he comes out of camp this year and and lights it up. And he's you know he's a great third line player. That's or that's second my line hope player. for him. Well, he could be a second he line could. player, he, but it's, he could. But I think I think Dawson Mercer has you know. If you were going to knock one of those guys down, it's going to be, you know, Dawson Mercer's probably the sixth man of the top two lines. Do you really take him out of that position? The guy's played every it's single not like, game. So it's not the like it's, it's, not, it's not like if you move a guy to the third line, all of this, it's not like back in the day to where like you're just first line gets so many more minutes no, than your third it's line. Not if, a no, if you could have 
whoever it is that plays in the third line is going to have a favorable matchup based upon the strength that we have in our top nine. So I don't see why, like, I would, I wouldn't be opposed to him playing on the top six. He should be able to play with, we've had this conversation in the last episode. Right. He would have to prove himself. He would have to definitely prove himself because Mercer has proved himself. Mercer has shown that he could play in the top six. So All right. So, so do you think that he'll play? Do you think that, uh, do you think him or Graham Clark is going to play on the roster this year? I'm hoping that Alex Holtz plays on it. I saw that's, uh, that's I saw a, I saw a post today where he was he's you know in the same skating. Um, he's he's like training with Brad again in in in, uh, in Sweden and the edge work that Brad has and the edge work that this guy that is, I wish I had it in front of me, but the, the, the program that they're working in the, um, the guy that runs it is just, it's all about edge work and elite skating. And I mean, this is the second year he's done it. So it's not like the kid's not putting the work in. I don't think it's just skating to be honest with you. I, I told you before, I thought it was between the ears, but I believe in Alex Holtz. And I thought that the devil should have played him more last year. And I think that this is going to be the year where you have to, you have to let him go and you have to see what you ha- you have with him and, and blah, blah, blah. We've kind of, we've kind of beat this to right, a dead horse, right. but he's, he's got to play this year or we have to trade him while he still has some sort of value. He'll have value too. He absolutely will. He will. Somebody will give him a chance. Somebody will give him a chance and maybe we haven't developed him right or, you know, I was the guy that wanted Alex Holtz. You know, you were saying Lucas Raymond. You were right. He's Raymond's definitely a better player, but um, I was I was all in on Holtz, and it just for some reason I don't know. They know, haven't given him. They haven't given him enough time. They haven't. They haven't. And it's like you know, is it another Pavel Zaka kind of deal where you just didn't develop him right, or you haven't done the right thing by him, or is it that he just hasn't stepped up to the plate and taken control. All right, let's move on. Do you think it's possible that the Devils can have a sophomore slump? So for the first time, you know, the Devils have been kind of the team that has snuck up on everybody from behind. They were, there's been no respect for the team for the past decade. Now teams are going to have their eye on them. People are going to see them coming. They're going to obviously, they have expectations that are going to follow them. Um, do you see the devils having a slump? Now, these are the, these are the couple things that I think would be the reason that they would. Um, and I'm not suggesting that they are, I'm just saying one of the things is the defense. So depending on what happens with the defense, um, I, I don't think Nemitz is going to play, but, uh, you know, you are getting younger on the back end. There's going to be less experience. And then the second would be the goaltending. And what, what worries me about the goaltending is I'm not, I'm not worried about the Devils making the playoffs, but do you think the goaltending as of now is good enough to actually make a run for the Stanley Cup and not just waste a year and put ourselves in the same position that we were in last year to where we make it to the playoffs, we have a good team, really strong, but our goaltending isn't strong enough to get us to the promised land, and we basically just waste a year of youth and entry-level contracts and everything else. If you were a Vegas fan last year, would you have thought that their goaltending 
situation was optimal that they had enough to win the cup? Uh, you know, they had Robert Lehner. So that was like, he was, he was a good goaltender. He ended up right. not playing down the stretch exactly. and into the playoffs. And, you know, one of the things I see is where it's like, you can kind of double down on the team in front of your goaltending and hope that you could just outscore the shit out of everybody else. You know what I mean? And I think that that's what they're kind of doing right now, right. but that's not right. to say that if they were to make a move, can you imagine what this team would look like if they had a real number one, a solid number one in net? We would be incredible. We would be incredible. All we were hoping for going into last year is to have an average goalie, to have somebody that was, you know, average save percentage. And, and that's what we got last year. Do you think that, well, do you think that Vanacek and Schmid can win rounds in the playoffs? I'm hoping I'm hoping that that Schmidt grows. I'm hoping that he actually steps in and you know he he progresses as a player the way you know the way he he grew last year. He looks solid. He looked totally solid. It, you know, is he as good as as you know Hellebuck or or some of the other people that are out there? Probably. You know, you have to be afraid of that, but. I'm hoping that that he could somebody could step up like either Vanacek can keep on playing well through the playoffs or or Schmidt grows it, next year yeah, like, and, and becomes like a, a number one. Is it realistic that Vanacek can have the same season that he had last year? I th I think it is. Okay. I think it is. I think he, he I think a big part of it was our defense getting better. Um he you played know, he I played think, really good. Like he was very, very he good. He did and play good. He played I, I don't know. out. I don't know if he could do that. I don't know if like that is his standard. Like, I don't know if that is what he plays at, to be honest with you. I think you could see a little regression. Um, but that's not to say that, uh, that Schmid could not progress and, and grow, and grow right. a little bit. Um, but you're not going to have the same defense in front of you're him not. either. And it's going to be harder. So, Definitely going to be harder. So, you know, you wonder if the Devils, I do not think that they're going to have, they're going to break the franchise record for points again. I think that's going, they're not going to win as many games. Would you agree? Hey, can we not do the, I want, I'm wearing rose gold glasses, please. Can we just, just tell me the truth. Like, you, I, like, I, I am, but it's like if you ask my opinion. You think they're going to break my opinion? I'm thinking that I'm. I'm thinking that they're going to be a good team again. I'm thinking that they're going to, they're going to play above. You know, they set the bar last year, and I think that they're going to play above that bar. So you they think they're going to break the franchise record again, back to back? I do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You don't and have to be like sorry. Not being just... a homer and stuff, but it's like last year, everybody everybody would have called me a homer or everybody would have called you a homer for saying, oh, well, we're going to finish third in the Metro when we finish third in the league. And I think that our players are that good this year. I really do. I think our players are that good and they've gained so much experience and they've grown and I losing, you know, the biggest, the biggest question you already, you know, is my question too. losing Severson and Graves is huge, but we gain Luke Hughes and hopefully, you know, we have the talent to come in and just keep moving forward rather than moving, you know, 
down. So I do, I do believe we could play better than we played last year. We could finish stronger than we finished last year. Yes, I do honestly believe that. And I am, I, I, I do, I am the eternal optimist when it comes to the Devils. We, we came from having the worst year the Devils ever had to the best year. I don't see why we would regress that much. Well, that's what we just talked about. Like, so that's why I think we would regress because I don't know if Vanacek could play as good as he can. And I don't know if we're going to have the defense that we had last year. Plus the health, we were, we got, we were so lucky with our health last year. Absolutely. And Absolutely. like, that's just not really realistic to go through that again. I hope to God it is. Don't get me wrong. But so what we did was we put together the Eastern conference and we got all 16 teams and we rated them as to where we think they'll end up at the end of the regular season. So this is not who's going to win the Stanley cup. This is just who, where they will be as far as points go. And what I did was I actually got the, the Stanley cup playoff odds and I put it next to them and we have an idea as to where they, they rank. So we at least can judge it off of something off of based off of like actual, you know, analytics so right i would love to see it for last year see how the nhl ranked them and where we actually finished last year was it have you looked at that no i didn't i would i would just be curious to see you know okay so i i think we'll start from the bottom at the team that's going to finish last in the eastern conference and i i would i would be surprised if we had different answers here um who do you have finishing last in the Eastern Conference? I got the Flyers. I got the Flyers too. And I, I think that the Flyers are going to, they're going to be in the running for the number one overall pick. I think that they're arguably the worst team in the league. If you were to put them in maybe Anaheim. For sure. Um, but with that said, you know, they made a lot of moves. Um, and, uh, you know they got rid of their they got rid of their um oh jeez got rid of their general manager and then Danny Briere came in and he's done some really good things like the the Flyers never really wanted to tear it down they continued to sign people to awful contracts and I think that Danny Briere kind of has the right idea he got that Kevin Hayes contract off of his off the books he right. got rid of Ivan Provorov. He got rid of Tony D'Angelo. He got rid of Brendan Lemieux. He got rid of James Van Riemsdyk, and that was an awful contract. Terrible. Got a bunch of got a bunch of picks, um, and then went out and made a pretty big splash in the draft and got Mateev Michkov at seventh overall. So um, they were pretty good. They also added uh, Helge Granz, who was a defenseman that was drafted, uh, I believe, in the Holtz draft. Um, but they acquired a ton of picks. They got um, the 22nd overall pick in 2023. They got a 2024 second rounder, two of them. Victor Mede, they got him. They got Mark Stahl. So they're, I feel like they're finally, they're going to bottom out and they're going to do a full rebuild, which is something they should have did years ago. Right. There's nothing they're worse. The devil's than, five years ago. There is nothing worse than just like hanging around in that no man's land area to where you don't get picks that are, going to leave a big impression and you can rebuild your franchise around 
but you also you're not able to make the playoffs. So I think um, I think that they're doing the right thing as far as uh, as far as the rebuild goes. Okay, let's get into who do you have finishing fifteenth? Right, this was tough. Um, it was between Columbus and Montreal, but I I think it's Columbus. Okay, so I um, I picked Montreal. Um, and we could go through both of them real quick. So, uh, Montreal, did you, have, did you have Columbus as 14? I did. Right. And, and, uh, and I can explain both of mine. So, um, so basically with Montreal, you look at what they did. Um, they re-signed new hook, which I thought was good. Um, they re-signed Sean Monahan, whatever they, uh, they drafted a defenseman fifth overall, David Reinbacker. That was a good pick. They added Leas Anderson. Um, but for the most part, they they just don't have a team. They lost Jonathan they Druin, don't. who never worked out for him, which was a shame. I mean, uh, they traded they traded uh, Sergachev for Druin. Can you imagine trading Sergachev? Mikhail Sergachev no, and getting no, Jonathan Druin. Druin didn't no. even play for a lot of the games. You know what I mean? So uh, Montreal's cupboard is pretty bare, um, and I, I don't see—I don't really see them doing much now. The reason that I have Columbus higher is for a couple of reasons. I actually like what Columbus is doing. I think that Columbus is making pretty big steps forward. I don't think they were as bad as they were last year. They added Provorov and Severson to their back end, which is pretty sweet. Now, they're going to have Severson playing probably as the number one right-handed defenseman, which is over his head. Right. And he's going to be playing alongside Zach Wierenski, who was injured all year. So they're going to get him back. But um, one of the things is I really like David Jiracek, and he's a kid who – it was really like people, there's a toss up and there's like a little bit of a, there's a comparison between him and Nemitz who should have went first as far as defensemen go in that draft. And Jerichek is the real deal. He played for Czechia and I think that he is going to make a huge impact and he's going to come in and play next year too. So they're going to, their back end is going to look pretty good. You have Wierenski, right. you're going to have Severson, Provorov and Jerichek back there. Um, and they also like, you got to remember they went out and they got Mike Babcock and Mike Babcock is a big old floppy douchebag, but the guy knows how to coach hockey and he's been in timeout for a while now. And you think he's going to like maybe realize is, Hey, this might be my last chance to where I wouldn't be surprised if Babcock is able to, you know, turn that team around. Um, they're going to be a lot more competitive for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get into it. Now we're going to start getting, uh, now the controversy is going to start. I think Washington's, Washington's next. I just think they're old. They didn't do enough. Um, okay. So you know. I have Washington at 11. And, 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 and I'll tell you, like, so Washington added Max Pacioretty, who's coming off of, um, like two torn Achilles and exactly. he, he's old and I don't think one year contract. 
but it's a one-year contract, which is good. Like you say that, like it's a bad thing. One year is good when you're, you know, because they're not paying him a lot of money. It's right. just come in and just try to add to the team. Um, but they, like one of the things that I do, that I did notice was Washington has always been pretty good. They had um, literally, it was, let's see. Mm -mm -mm. They had John Carlson miss 40 plus games. They had TJ Yoshi miss time. They had Nick Backstrom miss 40 games. They had Tom Wilson miss 40 games. I mean, that's the equivalent of us missing, you know, now I get it. These guys are all older and they're definitely an older team, but out of respect to Alex Ovechkin, they're not going to break this whole thing down and do a rebuild in the middle of this, at the end of this guy's career. They're going to continue to try to add and continue to try to move forward and maybe get one last run. Um, but those guys are all key pieces to this team being any good. And they're all pros and they play the game the right way. So I think that they're a little bit higher. I think that they're going to come back and they realize that basically they're, they're you know, their careers are pretty much towards the end here. They're going to give one last big push. Uh, they did lose their coach, Peter Laviolette, who went to the Rangers. Um, yeah, so I had, them, I had them at 11. I have Detroit actually at 13. And I had them reversed. I had Detroit at, you know, 11. Yeah, I mean, I think Detroit is obviously they're in the middle of a rebuild. There's a lot of players on that team that I really, really like. Right. But um, I still think that they're a little bit of a ways away. They added a bunch of people. Steve Eiserman is they did. trying to do God's work over there. Um, so they got James Reimer. The big one was Alex Debrinkit, obviously, right, who, who right. I, I, I kind of don't feel like he lived up to the hype when he went to Ottawa. Absolutely um, not. And I think uh, Ottawa did the right thing. And uh JT Comfer, that was a that was a big one. He's he's a great role player. Uh you know, you look at I think obviously I think uh most sider is gonna continue to be one of the best defensemen in the league, and I think he's gonna be great. I love Lucas Raymond. I mean, there's a bunch of players that I like. I just think that they're still a little bit of a ways away. Uh and I don't think they have great goaltending for making a push. You know, I don't think Hosa and uh, Corpus Hall are, are the answer. But they drafted uh, – they they drafted um, – let's see. Yeah, I, I think this kid – I think Sebastian Kosa, he, he was picked in the first round. I think he's supposed to be really good. He's only 20 right. years old, so he's not going to play. It's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. Yeah, but this kid, I mean, he he was hand-picked. Like, very rarely do you see a goalie taken in the first round. Um, yep. He's he's supposed to be, like, the real deal. Like, they're trying to build a team, pretty much have him be the franchise mm -hmm. goalie. He's just too young. He's not ready yet. Um. Okay, so you had them switch. So who do you have at 12? I had, I had Detroit at 12. I had Detroit and Washington. I had, you know, 16, 15, 40. I had Washington at 12, uh, Detroit at 11. And at 10. Who's at I 13? Had, who's at 13? 
The aisles. What are you hitting? What is that? Are you slapping something? I'm tapping my foot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, was you, looking at the wrong right, thing. You have, the, was, you have the Islanders at 13. I do. Okay. I have the Islanders at 10. I, I just, they don't do anything for me. They're getting old. I, I think they're slow. They're boring as shit. They are. Holy crap. I don't even want to talk, I, like literally talking about the Islanders. Just, <laughs> who's going to ruin this? It's not, It's they're not fun to watch and they're not fun to talk about, so. We could run right by them. All right. So you had the Islanders at 13, 12. You had Washington or Detroit. I had Pittsburgh at 12. Yeah, I got Pitt up higher only because I think that, I think that, um, I think they're going to get Eric Carlson. And I <sighs> don't think that Sid and, uh, and Malkin are done. I think that they're still going to be, you know, they so, still have one last push left in them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to get Eric Carlson. And it's like, that's the last thing that they need. I mean, he's going to actually be good for them, but do you know how many, they have three forwards that are under the age of 30. That is old. Like that's pretty bad. They're like, and Kyle Dubas is there. And I mean, I doubt that he wants to come in and try to do a rebuild and they're kind of in the same position that Washington's in. They can't do it while they have, and they have Malkin and they have Crosby and they have Latang signed to very long contracts, even though they're in their mid thirties, doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I'm, I'm really Pittsburgh screwed. So yeah. I have, I have Pittsburgh and then I have Washington ahead of them. And then I have the Isles ahead of them. So for me, it goes from the bottom up, the Flyers, Montreal, Columbus, Detroit, Pittsburgh, Washington, the Islanders. Now we're at number nine. And I got the Ottawa Senators. So do I. Definitely. I think them picking up Tarasenko is going to help them. Um, they just signed him, I think, today or yesterday. I think he's I think he's going to be good for them. I don't think them losing to Brinkett really hurts them. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't think it's good for them, but... Um, uh, it's not good for them, but I think that they traded up. I think Tarasenko playing, you know, playing a heavier game, I think he has a... The problem he is... probably scores the, many goals. The problem is, Dabrinkit has his whole career in front of him, and Tarasenko is just there just to put a Band-Aid over the roster, pretty right. much. Right. We're just talking about this year, though. Right. You know, I, I think... Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm looking at their I'm looking at their thing here and it's like, now don't get me wrong. I love me some Tim uh Tim Stutzla. And I no, like absolutely. and I and I like their team. I like their team. I like Kachuk, which I know you don't. Um It's not that I don't. I, it's not that I don't. I, I just, just I like Ottawa. I do like Ottawa. I like uh I like Jake Sanderson too. Yes, he's, so do I. He's going to be so good. So do I. He's going to be a nasty. He's going to be real defensive. good. Yeah. Okay, so we're both we both have them at nine, and here I'll give you like the so um, Vegas has Ottawa in tenth. 
And then the Isles, they have uh, an 11th. Okay. And then Washington, they have at 12th. So basically, they're all one up for me. They have um, Pittsburgh at 8, and I have them at 12. Okay, so who do you have in the 8th seed? This is Now, these are the teams that are going to make the playoffs. Right, exactly. Um, I have Tampa. You have Tampa. I do. Wow. All right. We're, we're, this is a big one. We're, this is a big jump for us. Okay. You think they're going to fall off that much? I do think they're going to fall off. I think that two teams are going to have the biggest falls um, this year, and I think it's going to be Tampa and Boston. And I know nobody's going to agree with that, but I really do. I think that, you know, I don't think no one's going to agree with it, but I just think well, I think that's far. So I have Boston at eight. Yeah, I think I have Boston at seven. I have Tampa. I'm thinking Tampa's going to, you know, I think they're going to go. Okay, they're going to have a, a harder year. Yeah, see, I, I just think that Boston losing Bergeron and losing Krejci um, is, is going to be a much. lot, and that's why I have them dropping a lot more than I would have Tampa. I don't think Tampa really lost much. Um, so I have I have Boston at eight. You're replacing, you know, you're replacing those guys, Taylor Hall. Yeah. Uh, you're replacing them with, with Boquist. It's like... Well, no, you're replacing they, them with Pablo Zaka. No, but, I know. But so I'm just saying that it's not enough. So okay. So who do you have in seventh? In seventh, I have Vegas, or I have a, uh, I have Florida. Yeah, I had Boston there. Okay, so um, Vegas has Boston at five, and uh, Vegas has Florida at seven, and that's where I have uh, Florida as well. I think that there's like going to be a bit of a, a hangover um, for Florida, right? And um, but- let me see if I can pull this up real quick. You know, Florida lost uh, Declare and Gudos. Um, if anything ever happens to Makachuk, I think. Well, he's hurt. I think I mean, he already. I is know hurt. he's hurt. He he is hurt. But I'm I'm thinking that you know the off season he should heal up. But I think that that's going to be. They're they're definitely the riskiest team. Yeah, you know who they got here is they got uh, Oliver ekman Larson, who obviously right. did not pan out to what he was paid in Vancouver. I thought he played – I thought he was good in Arizona. Um, but he's got a one-year $2.25 million contract, which is pretty damn good. If you're worried about paying Kevin Ball $4 million and Oliver ekman Larson's getting paid two point two five, I mean, that's that goes to show you, like, what you can get players for. So – I know that you were a big Dmitry Kulikov fan at one point. I am. He's getting a one million dollars like, contract. Like, uh, and and that's that's a bargain. Nico Mikola, who he played pretty decent as a sixth defenseman for the Rangers last year, he signed a three-year deal for two point five million dollars. So, uh, you're right. They lost uh, Radko Gudis, and they lost Anthony Declare, and they lost Mark Stahl. So. I don't know. I just feel like when you That's get a lot. that far into the playoffs, um, especially if Kachuk is going to be injured, it's going to take a lot out of you. I still think they have a ton of weapons. Obviously, Barkov is amazing. Um, uh, there's a lot of guys. I think Anton Lundell is going to 
continue to grow and be a good player. I was really impressed with um, the the whole team. They 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 really turned the corner. Obviously, as the playoffs uh, came on, but that goalie mm-hmm. contract really screws them. You know what I mean? Bobrovsky getting no, paid absolutely. the money he does really screws absolutely. them. Absolutely. All right, so we get into six. At six, I have the Buffalo Sabers. Right, and like I said, I had them. Uh, I had Pittsburgh up that that high. Right. So you have Buffalo higher. I had Buffalo at. I made a mistake. Which is what? I obviously missed. uh, I missed Buffalo in my rankings. So you don't have 16 teams. I don't. I have 15. <laughs> okay, so I'm unprepared. Where Come would on. you put Buffalo? Give it to me. I would put Buffalo. I would put Buffalo on the verge of making the playoffs. I mean, Buffalo is good. I love. I love their team. I think Thompson is 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 fantastic. Cousins. You know, they got. Uh, uh, who is it? Darlene. Yeah. Said, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They, I, just adding Connor Clifton and Eric Johnson. I think, I think they're going to be good. I think they're going, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with. Yeah. I think to me, Buffalo is going to, this is where is the, I think the biggest swing from what I, Vegas has and what I have. I think Buffalo is going to be really good. I think this is the year that they turn the corner. I love, uh, uh, Devin Levy, who seems to be a pretty calm kid in net, who played great down the stretch. They have Alex Tuck. Um, I'm going to say it now. I got Rasmus Dahlin winning the Norris Trophy this year. I think he looks. Oh, wow. That's bold. I think he's the real deal. That kid can skate. He is big. He's got moves for days. Like Rasmus Dahlin is coming to his own. They have uh, Owen Power, who obviously is going a number one overall pick is going to continue to get better on the back end. Dylan Cousins is going to have a breakout season. And and he's nasty too. And you still have like Jack Quinn um and uh and they uh, they they drafted Matt Savoy too a year ago and and like so they they have like all of these young players. They have they, all the pieces, yeah. This is it. I feel like there's going to be a lot of Devils Buffalo playoff series coming down the stretch in the future in the next yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, and, and they have a lot of different kinds of players too i mean they have some nastiness to their team for sure so i i have uh buffalo which i have to like look and see what the points totals that they expect buffalo to get because i think like we might be way off i might i might be valuing them a lot more than than what other people are <clears throat> in fifth place i have the new york rangers Fifth place, I have Florida Panthers. So um, the Vegas has uh, the Rangers in sixth and the Panthers in seventh. Um, Here's the thing with the Rangers is the Rangers are getting old. So (laughs) they're kind of, their window is starting to close. You know, Panarin is getting, is 32 years old. You have uh, Mika Zibanejad is 30 now. Vinny Trocek's 30. Kreider's 32. Trubo will be 30 before the playoffs start. So they are kind of like, 
it's they're getting to this like do or die situation. They go out, they fire Gallant, and then they go out and they get Peter Laviolette. And Peter Laviolette sucks. Like he <laughs> he's not good. And then they and then they get Jonathan Quick, and it's like they better hope to God nothing That's happens. A to they, had, they don't have to put him in. Right? Holy shit! Because that would be a huge loss. Um, and I think Tarasenko, I know, is a rental. But he, like to me, I thought he was one of their best players in the playoffs. I don't see, you know, they did go out and they got Blake Wheeler. Um, and they added uh, Nick Benino. But all these guys, I mean, right. these guys are old. You know what I mean? Like They are. They are. But I also think that, that uh, I had the Rangers at four because I think that, you know, we love to hate on Capocaca and uh, – Lafreniere, but I think that those guys are are just going to get better. I well, they're at the point that. now where if they don't do it now, they're like you have to exactly. do it now. Exactly. If they don't play good now, if they don't play good screwed. now, then they're busts. They're they're two huge busts. A number one pick and a number two pick. If they busts. don't play but well Kako this year, actually play play pretty decent towards the end of the year. I think you know he's not a kid. He's not a kid. He's not a kid, but I think he played a lot better towards the end of the year where they put a lot more confidence in him and I think he handled it. Both of these kids, um, both of these kids need to take a serious step forward this year if this team wants to have they do. their window they do. open to win a Stanley Cup. And when you have Lafreniere, Lafreniere, I could see him being a bust because I think I think he could be a great player in Nashville or Columbus, but I think New York spotlight just a little too much for him. Uh, I don't know. I don't no, know anything. You don't no, agree? I don't think that has anything to do with it. I just, I don't, I don't know how skilled he is. You know, the thing with Capo Caco is a player. He's a legit NHL player, but he's not a second overall type talent. He hasn't shown that yet. I'm not saying that he can't be. No, he has. So he it's like hasn't. if if these guys don't pan out, it's a slippery slope for the Rangers. Now, if they continue to take the next step forward and kind of take the reins from some of these older guys, and like you know, if Kako turns into a guy that you know can help replace the the scoring that Kreider can't score right. 50 goals right. every year, it's like you know what I mean. Then it's like they have a chance, especially with Shesterkin. Kandre Miller is good too. Ryan Lindgren's good, but um, Shesterkin is the team. He is. He is. And, you know, how great it would be to have, like, a franchise goalie for the Devils and be able to lean on that. But you saw what happened when you leaned on him last year. All right. Number three. I got Toronto Maple Leafs. I got the Devils. So I, I like I said, I think the Devils will um I think the Devils are gonna have a great year and I think that they're gonna make the playoffs. And I think the playoffs winning playoff series is going to be the focus of the team. I think that's what Tom Fitzgerald is trying to build the team for now, so he doesn't have to make a ton of moves during the regular season or at the deadline. Um but I think it is a little unrealistic to expect them to break the franchise record back to back seasons. I do think a lot of these can Kids are going to continue to grow, but the youth on the back end does concern me a little bit parlayed with the fact that I'm not 100% sold on the goalie tandem. So if the defense 
gives more open looks. It could lead to more, obviously, goals going in. With that said, like I was saying earlier, I think that the Devils have really leaned into we're just going to continue to try to score more goals than the other team, and that can help us with our deficiency as far as defense or goaltending goes. Whether or not Tom Fitzgerald makes a move prior to the season starting or during the regular season, I'm not sure. I don't know how much you want to really keep ma- uh, like mortgaging your future for the exactly. for the present. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, you see goaltending is a position that no one understands. And if someone says that they do understand it, they're full of shit. There's a handful of goalies in the league. It's a Hellebuck. It's a Sorokin. It's a Sisterkin. It's, um, you know, the, the kid in Dallas. It's like there's very few goalies that are proven number one, night in, night out, are going to play Ottinger. It's like, besides that, I, I think it's just too hard to put a value on it and to justify spending stupid money on goaltenders. Um, you see that, you know, Boston just went out and went to arbitration with Swayman, so they have him for another year. They have Allmark for another year. I think the Devils are going to be really good, and if Schmid can take another step forward, we need to see more from him, period. We do, we do, and they have to, you know, you have to actually have that guy in your system and stuff. Going out and, like, spending hella buck money, you know, we did that with Schneider and stuff, and it, it could definitely come back to bite you in the ass. Um, Agreed. Especially, like, if you can continue to put really strong players in front of your goaltending, it can make up for some, you know, for some deficiencies at that position. Uh, And if you have a guy that's maybe struggling, like, you know, Venacek struggled down the stretch. He'd never played that many games. I think that Schmid struggled in the playoffs a little bit, even though he bailed us out of first round. I think if you have two competent goalies, you could try to manage them correctly. As long as you have the team in front of them, that's able to put the puck in the net. So uh, I had the devils at three uh, and you have Toronto at three and I'm assuming the devils at two, right? Nope. You know, it sounds like I'm a Homer and stuff. You are a Homer. No, but it sounds like I am, but it's like, I always are a Homer when they, when they had the worst freaking when they're coming off the worst, you know, the worst record. And then they come back and they just smack it out of the park. It's it. They're just, they're growing. They're young kids that are growing and getting better. And I think us playing in the, us playing in the playoffs last year, I think that just took it two steps forward. Do you not think that that Carolina, do you not think that Carolina is took a step forward too? I think they definitely took a step forward. And I think that they're, all in they're all in they are and they all have, they, in absolutely and absolutely. they have not only kids but they have veterans they have experience the dimitri orlov picking up dimitri orlov is no, huge i know i i know i know and bunting and freaking you know getting aho signed to eight-year contract is going to be back and they got yeah, tony d'angelo think, back absolutely i think all all of this stuff i think all of this stuff is great it runs i, th- it, I know that they're a great team. it runs through, i know that they're a great team the metropolitan division especially it runs through carolina and i don't know how you could it watch very well i don't know made. how it you could watch well last year's playoff series and see the additions that carolina made 
and say that you think the Devils are going to be better than them? I think we had a hangover after the Rangers, and I think that they tried to play that same, you know, they tried to play play the same game against a different team, and it just, you know, it was just, I think it was a learning experience for, for young kids. That's what I think. And it's all right. It's, you know, it's okay. It's no, you know, 85% of the people would disagree with me and now I'm okay with that. But it's, this is my perspective. This is what I think. And maybe it is like looking through rose colored glasses and I'm a a bit of a homer or whatever, but it's, I do think, I do think that, I do think that Luke Hughes replace Severson with Luke Hughes. I think Luke Hughes has, has the potential halfway through the year to be much, much better than, than Severson. And Severson you know what? played, Miller, Severson Miller played Graves, the third pairing. Like, he did play the third pairing. And where's and Luke Dougie Hamilton playing? and Dougie Hamilton played, playing and Dougie Hamilton played. Yeah. You're comparing, you're comparing Luke Hughes to Damon. What are, what are you doing? Right I'm now? just saying, I'm saying that we're, we're, we've, we've, we're worried about our defense, not not stepping up, not being as good because we took defensively. Two, defensively, we took two guys out. We took Graves and Severson out, but we're replacing them. We're replacing them. You know, Graves Graves was a, a good defenseman, but I think Miller could play as good as him, and I think that Luke Hughes could play better than Damon Severson. Well, if Miller That's, could play as good as him, then why is Graves getting paid three times the money? Because he's so, that much younger. Come on, man. That's come that's, on. That's my answer. That's my answer. Okay. All right. Well, you got you have you have the Devils at one. I have Toronto at two. I think Toronto is gonna. I mean, they're going for it too. I think John Klinberg is a good addition to the back end. Whether or not he still Absolutely. has it, I don't know. But he's he was damn good. I was surprised that he didn't get a long contract after he became a free agent coming from Dallas. And they went out and got Tyler Bertuzzi. And Tyler Bertuzzi is going to be really good for them, especially in the playoffs too. They got Max Domi, who I think is a scrub. Um, I, I'm not into the whole Max Domi thing. I think he's <laughs> I think he's overrated. I think he his name carries a lot of weight. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, but we'll see what happens. So, uh, yeah. I mean, Vegas has the Devils at two. They have Carolina at one, and they have Toronto at three. So at the end of the year, remember this. Remember our ratings. Yeah, remember that Luke Hughes is going to have more <laughs> points than Dougie Hamilton. This 75, 75. Okay, you know what did happen that we have to like touch on for a second here is this past week or maybe it was a little over a week ago was um, was Patrice Bergeron retired. And it's like, this guy was really important to the game of hockey. And um, I think he's like one of these guys that is basically a living legend. He's like a hockey player's hockey player. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that he has done a lot for the game as far as he played it the right way. And, you know, every time that every time he was on the ice, he controlled a big portion of the way that the play went on the ice. So, For sure. 
he like played so sick. Like he was able to do anything that a coach asked him to do. So in the beginning of his career, he, you know, he was able to score, you know, he scored multiple 30 goal seasons and stuff. They wanted him to play a little bit more defensively. His two way game. I mean, you look at guys like, you know, you're a huge Dawson Mercer fan and you go through like the Anton Lundells and the Sasha Barkovs and the Nico Heischers and this, and it's like, everybody says the same exact thing. It's like Patrice Bergeron was, that's who I like mold my game around. And it's because you can put him on and like, there's something to be said about a guy who you could put him on the ice at any moment in the game. And you could ask him to go score the big goal, or you could ask him to kill a penalty or whatever you want. And he was able to do it. And the way that he did it was he did it so stoically. You know what I mean? Like, no, absolutely. He was known. He was known as being like literally one of the toughest guys in the league, which a lot of people don't know. Like this, this guy was really tough, and he did all the little things. Like there's the videos of him picking the pucks up, like on the ice after practice and stuff. And it's like if Patrice Bergeron can go and pick the pucks up and help move, absolutely. take the nets yeah, off absolutely. the ice, then everybody absolutely. can. And um. And I just wanted to like give a brief overview of his career because he, I really do believe that he was that important to the game. And I think that he's going to be somebody that he already is a legend, but I think it's just going to be, it's sad that you're not going to build, people aren't going to be able to see him play again because all he did was breed more people that wanted to be like him and that played like a really well-rounded game. And I really respect that as just like a hockey fan I like the guys that do the little things. You know what I mean? And like he did. He's a player's player. He did all the little things. So I wrote down some like notes um, just to go through to give you an idea. So he was drafted in 2003 in the second round. He was the 45th overall pick. And he played the year he was drafted. He played, he came right into the NHL. And he was the youngest player uh, in the NHL. He was the second line center. And then they ended up, they actually went into a lockout the, the following year and he played on the world junior team and he won the gold medal. Uh, he won the MVP of the world juniors and he had 13 points in six games, won the gold medal alongside Sidney Crosby. So they felt, <clears throat> they felt so strong about his two-way game that he actually played center over Sidney Crosby on those teams. Crazy. They move Crosby to wing, and Crosby's a damn good two-way center. I mean, like, let's be real. Yeah. So he won. He he wins MVP and he wins the gold at World Juniors. So um, in his sophomore year, he's the first line center, and he's a he's a twenty-year-old at this point because they had skipped. They had a lockout blocked off the whole year, and he led the team in scoring. He had thirty goals, seventy points as a twenty-year-old. So you think about like Dawson Mercer. He's what, like 21 now? It's like, right. so um, in 2005, he also goes back. He wins the, he wins the World Junior gold medal again. Um, and then he be, starts to become this legendary player known for winning, right? So uh, in 2010, he wins the gold medal in the Olympics. So he's involved in that. 2011, he wins the Stanley Cup. So he wins the Stanley Cup, but not only does he do that, but he scores the game-winning goal in Game 7. Two goals in Game 7. 
to win the Stanley Cup. It's like that's the kind of thing where you're like, watch fire. Yeah, you're like, holy shit! All right, this guy has just won two world gold, uh, world juniors gold medals. Was the MVP. He just won the Olympics. Now he just won the Stanley Cup, and he scored the game-winning goal in Game Seven. Uh, 2012, he wins the Spengler Cup. 2014, wins the gold medal at the Olympics again. So there's only been 30 players in the history of hockey that have ever won the gold in the Olympics, in the World Juniors, and won the Stanley Cup. Uh, 2016, wins the World Cup of Hockey. Gold medal. So he wins six Selkie trophies. He's been nominated... 12 times he's come in the top three in the last 12 years in a row. It's the most nominations ever for any award by a, a hockey player ever in a row, more than Wayne Gretzky. Um, and he's finished top five in voting in the past 15 years, for the past 15 years. It's amazing. Yeah. So in 2012, this is like he's still going. So 2012, he has the game-winning goal in game seven. He has the game-tying goal in game seven in the second round of the playoffs versus their rivals, the Toronto Maple Leafs, he ties it, and then he wins it in overtime, which I think that's when you were in St. Bart's or whatever, and you were... Right, right, right. Now we were in uh, Compass K in uh, the Exumas. So, I mean, to, to, to score the game tying goal, then he scores the game winning goal. This is two game seven winning goals. Uh, he goes on to the Eastern Conference final, game winning goal in overtime, game three. Um, plays in the Stanley Cup versus the Chicago Blackhawks. They lose. They find out he's got a broken rib, punctured lung, separated shoulder, and a broken nose. And that's where he got the reputation for being like this, like incredibly like tough guy. Like this guy literally played with a broken. A, oh, yeah, I think he earned a it. broken. <laughs> a broken rib is is you know painful you enough. Can't breathe. A, you can't a breathe. punctured lung. You know what I mean. Right. Um, it's like, so he got this reputation. Unfortunately, like he, he was one of these guys kind of similar to Sidney Crosby, who he took a lot of headshots and he lost a lot of, a lot of games due to concussions and whatnot. Um, he's had two natural hat tricks to where he scored three goals. He scored hat tricks in a row in the same game without anyone else in the game scoring, which is not something you see very often. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. He was named to the NHL All-Decade team. Uh, he was on the cover, NHL 15. Um, he has the most playoff overtime goals in the history of the Boston Bruins. He won the King Clancy Award. He won the Mark Messier NHL Leadership Award. He played 19 years with one team, 1,300 games, 427 goals, 613 assists, a plus-minus of almost 300, 289. Um this guy really changed the game. Like he, he is like the definition of like, a, he's a coach's wet dream. And it's like, this guy's gone now. And, and it's like, whatever. But you have to wonder about what does that mean for the next generation of people who are coming in to try to play that 200 foot control the center of the ice. You know, like when he was on the ice, it was basically like he was playing off of his like back foot to where no nobody was getting around his goalie or creating offensive chances, and then he was like transitioning the puck so fast. You wonder how Brad Marchant and how um, 
and David and uh, Pasternak are going to play without him, like just doing so much of the dirty work in the Big middle loss, of the ice. Yeah. It's like you're going to have Pavel Big Zaka loss. doing that now, and it's like, holy shit, man! Like this is not going Big to not going to be the same yeah. team, and they're going to lose Krejci, and Krejci was their second line center. So you lose that middle of the ice, and to me, like I like building from your defense out and then down the middle of the ice. It's like that's that's really tough. So going into next year, you look at like what are the opportunities for Nico Heischer to win a Selkie trophy? And it's like, is he I think yeah. is he the favorite to win the Selkie? Now Nico I I all right, Nico's my favorite player on the Devils, and it's because I I love, you know, the compete that he has and I like his two hundred foot game and how he's willing to sacrifice his body. Total blue collar. But can also score very important goals. And you look at the Selkie people next year, and these are the people that I have, and tell me what you think. I got Nico, I got Anze Kopitar, who continues to win Selkie trophies and always be nominated. Yep. You have Barkov. You have Mitch Marner, who's really, really become a good two-way player. He's looked... He has. Last year, he, he was great. Like, there's no doubt no, about it. No, absolutely. Absolutely. He was, he was definitely... He was nominated. He was a top three player. I mean, um, you have uh, Mark Stone, Sebastian Ajo, and maybe like maybe like a Sidney Crosby or Mika Zibanejad. But for the most part, I mean, it comes down to like Nico Kopitar, Barkov, Marner, maybe Mark Stone. You could see Nico winning, right? No, I could. I definitely could because that is Nico's game. And it's like, you know, not, it's like being, being a player's player. It's like, you know, just doing all this stuff that, that it takes, like going to all the, the, the bad areas of the ice and, you know, sacrificing your body and doing this and doing that. It's, that's, that is Nico's game. It really is. And that's why everybody loves him. And that's why everybody loved, you know, Patricia. Bergeron. Yeah, I mean, Ber Bergeron also, I think, was just known for being like a humanitarian, like off the ice. He didn't look for any, you know, he wasn't looking for any attention as far as donating money and donating his time and helping out the community and helping out just right. people like in general. Um, you know, I, I read his mom was like a social worker. And so he, he was just like kind of bred that way. And they said like he came into the league, he didn't speak any English. He was only like French. He grew up a Nordiques fan and he grew up in Quebec. And he just became this like iconic guy that it's sad. Like, you know, like anytime you don't get to watch a great play anymore, it's like, it's, it's over, you know, like, and, uh, right. But it's, but it, but it's not over because there's a, you know, there's so much film and there's so many, it's people are still trying to mirror, you know, their goalies are still trying to mirror their game on uh, Martin Brodeur and stuff. It's he, he's not going to be forgotten, but, it, but, uh, no, but, but no, 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 it's sad that we're not going to, but what I'm saying is like, it's like again. he is going out, he's retiring, winning the Selkie, right? You know, like you don't really see that very often, you know, it's like very, it's like when that, the, you know, he didn't win the Stanley cup, but he literally was the captain of the team who just had the best regular season in the history of the game. You know what I mean? And he had a Selkie trophy and it's like, and he's retiring. The guy definitely could have played another year and been a, a factor. He could have, but you got to respect, you got to respect the reasons that, that I'm sure he has for retiring. Of course. I'm sure he has, you know, I'm sure all the injuries and everything else, there's life after hockey. No, of course, of course. Um, 
but yeah, it'll be interesting to see like, you know, how this, how this, uh, how this year wraps up and it sucks because there's really not much that goes on for the next month. Um, and we'll see what happens. I, I don't know. Uh, that's all I really got. You got anything? Well, they get, they got the, the devil's greatest moments on MSG. Oh yeah. So I keep on watching that, but just to go back on the rankings and stuff besides Boston last year, who were clearly head and shoulders above everybody else. When you're talking about who's going to finish second or fourth, there's points, couple points, it's couple games. It's not, it's not a huge swing, so it's not a, it's not a stretch for a team to go from sixth to second. I mean, you're talking about you know three, four points. Um, yeah, no, I mean the Devils not, finished not off a, a not, game. Not a big, they were a game a, a game behind Carolina last year. Exactly. No, I mean exactly. anything can happen, and that's why I don't think, and that's why I don't think that it's totally impossible picking up Tyler um, Toffoli. I think that was like such a big deal for us being able to have a power play now. Um, well, maybe, and well, you know, I, you, you know, know what you I'm, did was I'm the optimist. I'm hoping you, you got hoping. you got to stop saying that. You got to what. The, the eternal optimist thing is, is just what, okay. What, what well, it, I won't say it anymore, but that's that's the way I what, feel. What it's it, like I'm. What it did was, are you going to go? You got rid of Sharon Go. You traded basically Sharon Govich for Toffoli, which is a win. Like flat what out, a great, what a great deal. Flat out win, and you got the third round pick from Severson, who was going to leave anyway. So you literally traded exactly. Sharon Govich for Toffoli. So you had a great off. That was awesome. Um, I just want to see what happens with Holtz. And then I'm curious to see like how Nemitz, Nemitz looks in camp. I don't think that he's going to play. I actually, I don't even really want him to play unless he looks that amazing, but he's just another guy that you're like, you know, when is the time, you know, there's no point in rushing it. We don't have to rush the kid. It doesn't do we us don't. any good. We don't. It, 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 I think it only helps him playing another year in the AHL and coming up and playing maybe 20 games this year. I, th- I, I don't. I don't see it hurting. I like that we made the move for Colin Miller too, because he, you know, Fitzgerald knew that Brendan Smith was not the answer either. He's not, he's not. And and I get it about um, experience, you know, him looking for locker room guys and this and that, and all of his, his picks and stuff are all of his players. that he did pick up this year. You could see that he's picking up experienced people to like, you know, just kind of instead of having a locker room full of young, you know, 21 year old guys, it's now we have a, a better blend people that have been around, seen more, and I think are able to help. Yeah. You more. get some grown men, like just mentality in there too. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. Absolutely. You get some dad strength. There you go. You know what I mean? Pickle strength, pickle strength. Oh boy. Well, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I forgot that, uh, Buffalo in there, but Buffalo was six and, and Pitt was second. It was supposed to be in there. I have, I have two columns here and I was going back and forth when I was looking at what was going on and, um, but we were pretty close. I think we were pretty close. Yeah. I mean, there's no right or wrong. There is not. There's, there's not. But we can still until the end until the end of the year when we see that Devils win, Carolina comes in second, and Toronto third. Then we're gonna go pickle power. 
We should do uh we'll do like uh who we think is gonna who's gonna win the awards at the end of the year. We could do that. Oh, Being that, that would be great. busted out that the Rasmus Darling Norris Trophy yeah. call out. That's yeah, that's that's a good one though. I, I like that. He's sick. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I like it a real lot. Cool. Well you've been listening awesome. to the Trap Podcast. I am uh Bill Botch and I'm here with the pickle. I hope you guys are enjoying your summer. And we will talk soon on the Trap Podcast. Good night, yeah. guys. In the summertime. In the sweet summertime. We want to love you.